0: hey guys Montel here and thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Be Blunt with Montel and I'm so excited about the guests we have on today and I'm going to introduce her in a few minutes but I want to give you like a little bit of an update of what's been going on in the world of cannabis especially in let's say the last month you know there's a very recent Harris poll came out which was released this month of 1895 adults aged 21 and up were surveyed about their consumption habits since the beginning of COVID outbreak earlier this year. Almost half the cannabis consumers aged 21 and up have replaced or reduced their alcohol consumption with marijuana since beginning of COVID. One third of those who use recreational cannabis prefer cannabis to drinking alcohol. 42% said that they either started or increased their consumption during the pandemic, and among those, 54% said that they did so to reduce stress and anxiety. 48% said that they did so to help them with sleep. 45% of them said that they were placed to reduce alcohol use with cannabis. And parents are turning to cannabis at a higher rate than those without children. 52% of those who use cannabis and had kids under the age of 18 said that they started or increased consumption of cannabis since the pandemic, while only 33% of those without kids said the same. 57% of parents reported that they use marijuana, uh, the use of marijuana replaced or reduced their alcohol consumption. And since the start of the pandemic, we have seen an increase in the new consumers at dispensaries with more and more people exploring cannabis. That's from Joe uh, Bayern, president of CuraLeaf, who put out that information, which has shown us that cannabis is really literally, I've been saying since, you know, the election, You know, a lot of people think that uh, they were cheering that Biden and Harris were elected for, you know, uh, president-elect and vice president-elect, but real winner, the real winner in the November election was cannabis. We have five new states that have now uh, enacted some form of cannabis legislation, though I know it's been tough getting over the hump and getting the administrative processes done, especially in places like South Dakota, where you've got a legislation that's now trying to fight it and overturn the will of the people. And even though we have a forward-thinking governor in New Jersey, um, there's gonna be a slow process in administration, pulling together administration of the new initiative in New Jersey, but I think it'll get done. And I, I think the more and more of us who actually take the time now and start to speak out, that's what's been kind of crazy. Uh, there is clearly, polls are showing that there's a significant greater amount of use of cannabis especially during this entire pandemic, you know, it just seems like this isolation and being forced to, you know, hibernate in your own home and stay away from other people has stopped the discussion. And I I don't know what we have to do to get more and more people to recognize and say, or not recognize, more and more people to start to speak out. I mean, though silence has been, you know, I don't know, in some ways, a little bit more like golden. It's not doing this industry any good whatsoever. You know, there are a lot of people like are are hiding, a lot of our distributors are hiding the information that they are gleaning from the fact that they're distributing more product. A lot of people who are selling product are, not talking about the fact that they're selling more product. We need to make people in this country aware of the fact that there are more and more people moving towards cannabis. That's the only way we are going to get this current administration to understand that they need to not only recognize the science when it comes to pandemic or when it comes to COVID, but they need to start recognizing the science when it comes to cannabis. The the science is out there. As a matter of fact, you know, I don't know if a lot of you know this, but this last month, I think the UN just reversed and made a pivotal decision on cannabis uh, by changing the law and um, or changing its its classification of cannabis uh, at the U.N. level. And this is the first time in since, like, 1963 that the world has recognized, you know, they're sick and tired of America bullying them into doing what they choose to do, what they want us to do. You know, we have countries like, you know, Colombia and, you know, uh, Chile and, Uh, you know, India and, and, you know, now even China is growing hemp at mass uh, amounts. And pretty soon we're going to have to start worrying about the CBD products that are here on shelves in the United States, because a lot of these products will have been literally infused with CBD extract that's been sent in from China. We all know how they pay attention where they let their lack of attention that they pay to, you know, uh, uh, healthy growing techniques, and so this is something that we really got to start focusing a little bit more on this year. I think, as an you know, as a industry, and start telling the world that you know, number one, we have companies here in the United States that have been the forerunners. I think you know, we we look, and a lot of people like to say that you know, Canada and you know, the Golden Triangle has been the forerunner in cannabis research. It's not. I think here in the United States, though we've been doing it again in the dark, there is a lot of research being done here in this country and a lot of breakthroughs are happening and there's a lot of information coming out right now that's proving the efficaciousness of cannabis. And, you know, what proves it more than anything, I think, is the amount of consumption that's taking place by the masses. And so, you know, one of the things that we need to do is hold up companies like The company started by a guest that we have here today. My guest today had an early start as an entrepreneur starting her first business at the age of 22. She's a graduate of Carlton college where she majored in pre-med and literature. And while working for Washington state university and Oregon health science university, she experimented in the fields of, of physiology, pharmacology and neurology using natural products and pharmaceutical interventions for human diseases. In 2010, She completed her degree in traditional Chinese medicine and became a licensed herbalist and acupuncturist. uh, She herself is a medical cannabis patient. Please welcome Katie Stern, CEO and founder of Peak Extracts. Thanks so much for being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel today, Katie.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I got to tell you something. I am, you know, that little diatribe that I started off with in my monologue, you know, um, is an applaud to people like you. You know, you are doing the hard work, the work that needs to get done. You're showing, you know, that we have something here that's a plant-based medicine that should have been respected for the last 90 years, hasn't been, and can be. But we got to get more people to know about the Katie's of the world. And that's the reason why I want you on here to talk and fill us in and school us about what you've been into, and what you're doing. Let's go back a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your background before getting into cannabis.
1: Well, I did about 10 years of scientific research. Um, I thought I was destined to get a PhD in physiology or maybe get an MD. And then I got derailed because of my Crohn's disease. And I went to study traditional Chinese medicine instead. Um so
0: you were diagnosed with Crohn's when, back in 2002?
1: 2001. Although I got sick in 95 when I was 15, but they didn't know what was going on for about six years. I wasn't quite sick enough for it to show up um, in a way that was very obvious for them. I wasn't having a lot of bleeding.
0: It's interesting your 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 journey in health for yourself kind of you know coincides with mine because I was you know officially diagnosed with m s in, in two thousand but i was uh, originally diagnosed in ninety nine and I started a journey first you know following what most western medication and most western doctors doctors prescribe and I almost became an opioid addict and then was you know turned on to Cannabis as a medicine back in 2001, yeah. when a doctor refused to write me any more scripts for opioids because he said, Dude, you're going to become an addict or you're going to shut your kidneys and your liver down. So I got to get you off of this. I'm not going to write you any more scripts for this. And he said, I heard about this stuff called, you know, marijuana, and there's a particular type of it that you know, seems to do well with people who have MS. So you should seek it out. It's this CB something, CBC, C B he said, I don't know what it is. You do the research. You figure it out. I'm never going to tell anybody I ever recommend it to you. And what we found out was back then, you know, in 2001, you know, the U.S. government had gone ahead and given itself a patent on CBD, you know, having already done 10 years of research in it in Israel and places around the world, recognizing its efficaciousness as a plant-based medicine. And I started seeking out CBD-laden plants when people were still throwing them away back in 2001, and shifted over to you know working with cannabis back then, and have been doing so. And my journey has been steady ever since, and found relief um, relief that opioids never brought me through my cannabis use, and. Then recognize that, you know, I was kind of almost misled a little bit because it's not just the CBD, it's the full spectrum plant. And, you know, we know that THC has now been lauded as being, you know, one of the probably the best anti-inflammatories on the planet today. And with inflammation being, you know, the nemesis for my illness and yours, we recognize now why. Uh, cannabinoids work as well as they do for 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 issues like Crohn's and issues like MS.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you started working first in Chinese medicine, but in Chinese medicine, they even though we know now that cannabis was written about over 3500 years ago in Chinese cornucopias of medicinal agents, the Chinese have frowned upon cannabis for you know, the last hundred years when they jumped aboard the, the U.S. bandwagon. Um, did you find a lot of information in your research about Chinese medicine, about cannabis?
1: You know, there's not much since Mao. They, they are really anti. Um, there is some stuff, like you said, in the Shennong ben Jing, the 3,500-year-old text about cannabis causing mental illness or craziness. You know, there's a, an ancient text that talks about if you take too much, you might run naked on a beach which doesn't sound too terrible, but, right. uh, but yeah, it was used for pain. It, it means numb in Chinese, the name of, the, of that drug, but um, it was mostly through Western medicine that I became more interested in the cannabinoids themselves and the specific different full spectrum extraction that we do in my company. Um,
0: and so your company was really based on the work that you were doing for yourself.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, I became a medical patient in two thousand four when there were just a a handful of qualifying conditions here. And my GI doctor encouraged me to go get a card. I asked him for a prescription and he said, Oh, hell no, I won't write you one because I could lose my license. And there was one physician in Oregon that was writing medicinal cannabis prescriptions and I got one from him and I started growing and I started doing because I had a a day job that was really intense and I was gone for eleven hours at a time. I needed something that I could do more subtly to keep my symptoms in check. And so I started experimenting with strain specific edibles. And at the time I was growing train wreck and um, blue Magoo and train wreck made my symptoms worse and blue Magoo was great. And so I discovered that the, especially the blueberry line that was developed here in Oregon uh, by DJ short um, was really helpful for my gut symptoms. And so I started doing extractions with just those, and, and that's when I really learned that there was a big difference between the different strains.
0: Starting to recognize that it wasn't just the cannabinoids, but it was also the terpenes, flavonoids, and um, all of the other, you know, phytocannabinoids that are in the plant, correct?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it was, it was funny, at the same time, I was doing research at OHSU, and we were doing um, extractions of things like green tea for MS, actually. We were doing um, a bunch of different trials for patients there. And what we discovered was there were a lot of things when we did in isolation, like EGCG, green tea extract. If you wanted to get a good enough dose for it to be efficacious for MS, it was caustic because you were removing it from the plant that was buffering it. And so it's actually way better to drink 100 cups of green tea than it is to take enough EGCG to be an effective antioxidant. And so I was, sort of, I was learning these two things completely in concert that cannabis is best left fairly alone. Otherwise, you know, you can have adverse reactions or it's just not a great drug in isolation. Like Marinol is never taken off because it's just such a flat experience for patients and it doesn't have the same utility.
0: And so Marinol is again, just a synthetic and I'm pretty positive that, you know, that's probably its major issue is the fact that, you know, as a synthetic, the body and the endocannabinoid system doesn't recognize it.
1: Yeah. Or there may be an enantiomers an in it, or you know there's a lot of different problems with synthetics. right. You know, we've seen the same thing with CBD lately too. in the last couple of years, they've been making synthetic CBD, and I've seen reports of hospitalizations and stuff like that. So it's it's not responding the way they want.
0: Sure, and it's probably more but you know I just don't understand why people just can't leave what, what nature made alone. Right. <laughs> we We recognize that you know it's not just the CBD. It could now, as we start to recognize as well, probably 160 cannabinoids. We don't even know the exact number, and we don't know how many true terpenes are there, though our extraction techniques and our identification techniques and and testing has been able to identify more and more and more and more as we go along. But we don't know whether or not we're actually, actually discovering the true amount of individual terpenes that exist, correct?
1: No, when, when we first started, we were doing an analysis of 12 different terpenes. And then two or three years ago, we started doing 42 and oh, suddenly we have 42 can, can or 42 terpenes in our extract. You know, it's like, and we went from having 5% terpenes to having 15% terpenes in our extracts. And so there's still this, this number that doesn't add up when we you know add everything up to a hundred and it's, it's beneficial compounds. We just haven't identified them yet.
0: Right. And it's very interesting that, you know, I mean, I, I don't say this in a, as a pat on the back, but I'm going to tell you, I launched the brand almost nine years ago where I was literally, it, it, it took everything I had to convince the partner of mine, who was a contract manufacturer to look at the entire strain or cultivar, and then let's add cultivars together that would enhance the level of a particular terpene within my formulation. And then we were, that was what I, what I was putting out, I in in both Oregon and in California, I had a a product on the, on the shelves with THC. And my THC products were a combination of THC with a percentage of CBD. And then I added back in a terpene, formulation that was about five percent by volume and that terpene formulation would help helped me kind of be able to distinguish you know effects and elicit particular effects that have you know, i saw people who are and in my CVE product by itself i do the same thing i add back in certain terpenes to make sure that you know, you're getting that fuller entourage kind of effect as you take the product And it seems it works pretty well yeah. And I mean you, you globbed over that immediately, right?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean we we do not add terpenes back in, we just keep them there. And so when we do strain specific things, it's fascinating how even a, a cultivar that should be very similar to the one next door has different effects on people. Um and People will get very attached to a certain cultivar and we'll try to steer them in the closest possible direction. But sometimes it's impossible to replicate because, as you said, there's just this myriad host of cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes with each cultivar.
0: And it's also depending on who grew it. You know, you can get a cultivar grown in California that isn't the same, that claims to be the same one that's grown in Colorado, the same one that's grown in Florida, and it's not.
1: No, of course. It's lighting, nutrients, time of year, everything. Right. right.
0: <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Peak Extracts and, and, and when did you start Peak Extracts?
1: We started, I started with my partner, Kate, in 2014. Um, I've been making chocolates for six or seven years at that point, And I've been making topicals for my practice since 2010, because in school for Chinese medicine, we did take a topicals class. And so I had developed this cream that I used for arthritis that was based on 12 Chinese herbs in a coconut and shea butter base. And so when we started peak, I was like, Oh, well, it's kind of an obvious choice to add canvas to that. And I did. And so that has how we developed rescue rub, which is our topical um, analgesic anti-inflammatory. And then our strain specific chocolate line, we, we branched that out to suit more needs than just my own. We color coded them. Um and so the red color is the one that tends to give me panic attacks, but that's that's one that's very popular with others.
0: It tends to get you what?
1: Panic attacks. Okay. It's it's strains like sour diesel, train wreck. They tend to make me really agitated, but I've run into a number of people who say that they're great for sleep. So I mean everyone's body chemistry is different.
0: Everyone's different. As a matter of fact, this new study that just came out was showing that, you know, um less than I think it's it's twelve percent of the people uh, who actually originally thought that they would less than 12% of people actually experience panic attacks. Now um, when going back and you ask them questions about uh, their cannabis use, um, it's a uh, uh, way smaller than you think, but it's also again, individually specific because you know, what, what is good for a goose isn't good for a gander. So, you know, one person tries a product and, They may find that to be the best rest that they've ever had in their life. And another person then tries that product. But then we also know that it has a lot to do with what you've, especially when it comes to edibles, what you ate earlier in the day. If you had very heavily oil-laden products earlier in the day, it may stretch out the time before you actually feel the full effect of the cannabis that you eat, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: sorry,
0: go ahead. If people wanted to get more information about peak extracts, where would they go?
1: Our website, www.peakextracts.com.
0: Okay. And Danielle, you have a proprietary process that you call a lock process. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I, I have a long history of extraction chemistry back in college and then after college. And then I've been running my own extraction company since 2014. And we've been using CO2. We, we do ethanol and we've done some other um, solvents, but I really prefer CO2. And I mean, I can't give you the, the secrets, but, um, it's, it's basically, we try to keep it as cold and as room temperature as possible, because as you know, these terpenes, most of them are volatile starting at about 70 degrees. Yes. And so we do not move the product above that temperature. Um, unless we decarb it, you know, to, to activate it, um, right. and so you return, we, sorry, we, we retain 95% plus of the terpenes that are present in the original product, And so that we feel really helps to keep the authenticity of each strain intact for, for the final product.
0: Absolutely, I think that's a, that's something I found out very early on also was, you know, I, I first only, I demanded that my product only be made from cryo, I mean, from CO2, uh, and then shifted over to uh, not didn't shift over just was using two different processes. One for uh, hemp-based products, I was using cryoethanol, and, yeah. and the cryoethanol seems to be able to retain a lot more of those terpenes, also. And you get a better, you know, COA out of it when you them, send them off and get them get them tested. They come back; it just seems to be a better performance. And so, you know, that's when I said I was mixing the two cultivars together, trying to raise the level of particular. Uh, terpenes in, in in a single final product. Um, I think I got better results out of the cryoethanol, but that's that's very interesting. Look, I got to pay some bills, so I'm gonna take a little break real quick, and then uh, let's come back and talk a little bit more about you know what are some of your the the strains or cultivars that you do prefer. Let's talk a little bit about that. That'll give people some information about what they may want to look for as they try to navigate this daunting space of dispensaries. Okay. I don't take a little break. You've been listening to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And today's guest is Miss Katie Stem, who is literally an entrepreneur. She's a graduate of Charlton, Carlton College, where she majored in pre-med and literature and was working in Washington State University and Oregon Health Science University, where she experimented in the fields of physiology, pharmacology, neurology, and uh, using natural products and pharmaceuticals to help. Impact human disease. She's got a degree in traditional Chinese medicine and became a licensed herbalist and acupuncturist. And she's now the CEO and founder of Peak Extracts. We'll talk a little bit more when we come back. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. Well, hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to Let's Be Blunt with Montana. Our right, guest today is Katie Stem, who's the CEO and founder of Peak Extracts. And she's a founder of a company that provides really unbelievable edibles in that are infused with cannabis for myriad of illnesses and and also just for life. So thank you so much, Katie, for being a part of the show today.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Let me me ask you a question. I mean, you're all, I'm over, I'm all the way. We are, we are literally on each side of the United States. You're in Oregon. I'm calling you from, I'm zooming in from Miami, Florida. Um, What's going on in Oregon right now? I mean, you know, we've, we've heard in the last, over the last year, how you, your state was getting ready to fall off and into the Pacific Ocean because you got got some radicals. <laughs> I mean, just, just insanity that's been, you know, purported about Oregon. But you also have been leading the way when it comes to cannabis research, I think, and getting products in the marketplace to help people with various illnesses. What do you think, and what do you think the word is on the street, how people think this new president-elect and vice president-elect are going to respond to, you know, the promises that they made about at least decriminalizing cannabis?
1: What do you think? I hope so. I mean, it's the least we can do, right? And commuting all old sentences. I mean, I'm really hoping for decriminalization nationwide, and then if the states want to regulate the way they want to regulate. That's what we're going to have to do. And then the safe banking act, I think is, is crucial because the way that we bank as cannabis businesses is ludicrous it's the taxation is terrible. And it's just, it's not fair. It makes it harder and harder for people like me and my company to succeed because we have such an enormous tax burden because we're not allowed to write off expenses.
0: Right. Which is absolutely ridiculous. But you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to, See if you can get them to change their mind. You remember we have a president-elect who about six months ago said that he still thought cannabis was a um, um, gateway drug. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: the red life i know this is going to become your new favorite podcast and i'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step by step every single week yeah it's insanity luckily you know oregon like you said has been on the forefront of this since the 60s there's growing cannabis consuming cannabis is totally embedded in the culture here and it's it's not very much of an uphill battle convincing people that it's something that they should try. Um, You know, in my clinical practice, I also get a lot of like elderly people because you know, the boomers are aging and they really want something that won't cause the kind of side effects that they're used to seeing with NSAIDs, et cetera. And so cannabis is a good thing to try.
0: I I think the research supports that uh, 100%, especially research that's been funded by the U.S. government. And the research has been done in Israel and places like that where they literally treat cannabis almost as if it's a geriatric drug. (laughs) You hit the age of 70, you get your card automatically. You can go down to any hospital and get yourself, you know, um, cannabis dispensed to you there. And this has been this way now for like almost 12 years. And yeah. you know that now are did the new regulations put in place that now allow you to test cannabis? You can purchase that dispensaries. Does that help at all?
1: I think so. I mean, I think that Oregon is a very small state, though, and so we we just started with our CBD hemp line in February of 2020. And so I'm, I'm more excited about that, honestly, because we've been getting emails from all over the country for years asking for access to our products, because like I said, Oregon's only a couple million people. And so we want nationwide coverage. And hemp is plenty efficacious. I realize that like THC has its own utility, but... Since we are allowed to put a small amount of THC in, I still think we can capitalize on the entourage effect. And some of our full-spectrum products are really well-received, and I think they're doing the people a lot of good.
0: Absolutely. So you want to make sure that you'll be able to, well, once you start developing out that line, you'll be sending that out nationally.
1: Yes. The chocolate line just started three weeks ago.
0: A hemp chocolate so, line?
1: Yeah. And we're doing the same process that we do with our cannabis. So we're getting really well-grown hemp, like sour space candy, special sauce, lots of fun new cultivars in this season that I'm excited to release. And they each have their own different effects. I've been talking to a lot of people who have a really good impact with the sour space candy for migraine and for daytime because it's a sativa-based cultivar. And then the special sauce is more of a sedating... Nighttime, good for pain. And so those are really fun. And then we're also doing some experimentation with minor cannabinoid isolation for people who are in places where you can't have any, even a small amount of THC. So there's a CBN, a CBG, which
0: is great. Right, well, of course now, I mean, I've I've been talking about CBG now for almost five years and and it's just so hard to get this industry to move in the right direction. But, you know, we know that the, you know, to THC and CBD, Literally come out of CBG. So, you know, all you have to do is just uh, extract the plants a little earlier in life and you get a pretty heavily CBG laid plant. So, what are some of the, the cultivars that you like the most or strains that you like the most?
1: Well, on the, on the hemp side, I think I'm the most fond of Lifter and Sour Space Candy. Um, and on the cannabis side, depends on what kind of symptoms I'm having. Um, I, I, really like Corazon, um, which is an ACDC m- very much improved, um, but a Sativa backbone, um, and blue dragon desert frost is a CBD dominant that I really love. And then of course, anything with the blueberry I'm extremely fond of, uh-huh. um, sweet tooth, Thai fruit, those kind of things. The fruity ones are the ones that tend to help my gut symptoms. I think because of the, the mercine content.
0: Marcia, do you think some of the lenolol might help also or? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, now do you, do you, do you on your website give information out so that people who are looking to do research can actually go up and read a little bit before they actually imbibe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and our color coding system, I think is really helpful for people because there's so many strains and we rotate through strains pretty quickly. And so if you have success with the blue, what we did was we started out with sort of an archetype, you know, the blue is meant to be a bright indica, which means that you have the indica effects of it being sort of sedating, but the brightness is meant to be for daytime use. And so that was my original choice for, for gut pain was this idea of pain relief. Blue magoo, that kind of thing. And then the purple is really sedating. Um, the orange is really straight up activating very lucid. And then the red is sort of a hybrid where you get a body buzz, but you get racing thoughts, which is why I'm not fond of it, but people love it.
0: Gotcha. Rachel, what do you think, what do you want to see happen to the cannabis industry here in 2021?
1: I would like for there to be more CBG strains. I think that that's happening and so I'm, I'm really encouraged by the, the strain diversity. I'm, I'm nervous for the, the overproduction of hemp and what's going to happen with some of the, the extracts that are being done rather haphazardly. I'm watching CBD isolate just plummet in price. And so it's going to be harder to produce products like ours because they're just going to be so much more expensive than the stuff that's being produced in the like CBD isolate by the ton kind of thing. Um, but I think people will, continue to pay an appropriate price for something that's made with care.
0: Yeah, they'll gravitate back to what works. Right. And also I think as long as we put the information out there, you're talking about so many people who are mass producing this stuff in this volume aren't paying attention to the heavy metals and paying attention to the fact that, you know, hemp is also, you know, a good product to, you know, leach impurities out of soil with, but it also stores those impurities. And again, I don't believe our testing techniques have reached the level where we can actually truly give people the right numbers when it comes to how much lead and how much aluminum and aluminum or heavy metals and other things are in you know, the product that they're consuming. Right,
1: or radioactive substances in some cases too.
0: Correct, correct, absolutely. And how do you feel, what's with, you know, we've been looking at the social equity s- system across the country Uh, Clearly in Oregon, um, you know, there's space for female run companies. But, you know, how do you think women are doing and how they're being represented in the industry as a whole?
1: It's been tough. It's been tough. It's been a a really uphill battle and we're disappearing. As there's more consolidation, um, the money is coming from white males. And so if you're looking to get investment, people who are giving the investment don't want to talk to people who look like me. And so we're having to start making alliances if we want to get funding to to expand. Um, I think there's 80% fewer female entrepreneurs in the space than there were 10 years ago. Um, And so that's sad. Um, I think we can do a lot of work on equity on all fronts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On all fronts, I believe you're absolutely correct. You know, you have have any community initiatives that you guys are working on?
1: Um, I've actually been working more in the Bay Area. Um, on community initiatives with the a company, a wonderful company called the success centers. Um, they're focused on entrepreneurship and um, communities of color down there and helping people get hooked up with the right resources because there's just a ton of barriers to entry, both in entrepreneurship in general and in this industry specifically because of licensing, because of the legal requirements, the banking requirements, you really need allies and mentorship. And as we've seen in every industry, people aren't really willing to mentor people that don't look like them. And that is something that we need to change.
0: Right, right. And um, anything else you want to share?
1: Um, No, I I love your resume. I'm super inspired by all that you've done and the way that cannabis has impacted your life. It's very similar to my story. And I'm just really happy that you're out there fighting the good fight.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you're out there fighting the good fight too, my friend. Give up your website one more time so people know where to go.
1: www.peakextracts.com, is that right? Yes, indeed. And on Instagram at peakextracts, Twitter at peakextracts. Yeah.
0: Okay, absolutely. And uh, again, any big events coming up? Do you have a storefront, or do you you just supply the dispensaries?
1: We do. We we supply our cannabis based products in Oregon only. And then all of our hemp-based products, which we have a full line now, we ship nationwide. There's a couple of exceptions that have banned CBD entirely, but for the most part, we can ship nationwide. We're shipping to Australia, um, Europe too. And I can offer a coupon code. Anyone who finds our website from this podcast, just put MONTEL, all caps, in and you'll get a 30% discount.
0: Wow. Come on, guys. You heard it here on Let's Be Blown with Montel. You get 30% off of Peak Extracts, some of the finest chocolates made in the country. All you got to do is throw down Montel, M-O-N-T-E-L. There you go. Throw that down in all caps and you'll get a 30% discount. So make sure you go up on at atpeakextracts.com or peakextracts.com and get, figure out, place your order today. You know, I just um, had some friends from Europe reach out to me in the last week or so and say, you know, I've been using your, meaning I'm using my, you know, uh, uh, a product, uh, my living well product for months and they ran out. Can I get them some more? And I was like, you know, when it comes to just straight hemp products, you can order that and it can be delivered overseas, anywhere in, in the world that allows for CBD products. And so, you know, I want my friend to make sure I give them your website so they can uh, start ordering directly from you. Wonderful.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You know, I can't thank you enough, Katie, for being a part of the show today. Um, Anytime you want to come back, give us some updates on what's going on. We'd love to have you. Okay. Thank you. All right. you be well. And thank you guys out there so much for checking in today to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also. So please send us your comments
1: are you dealing with best life burnout constantly striving for more and quite frankly over it maybe you just want more joy peace and laughter in your life now